again, everybody. This is John Ars at Trading Perspectives. As always, we have our very good friend Sam Clement. Sam, say hello. Hey, John. How you doing? I can't complain. You know, it's difficult for me this week coming back off a week, I guess you would call it a vacation, spring break. It wasn't exactly laying out on the beach and having a Mai Tai or what have you. As Sam, as you know, we were traveling the southeast looking at colleges well i guess if you're not working i guess it's a vacation <laughs> you consider that not working sitting around and visiting college campuses walking around i got all my steps in by the way there you go um but i was working working actually frankly doing mental gymnastics on how i was going to pay for all of this you know first we went to and i don't mind telling the names of the school so we went to Furman. University in uh-huh. Greenville, and then we uh, drove just a little while up the road to Wofford College in Spartanburg, drove down to Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina, and then ended up in Charleston at the College of Charleston. And at each one, they threw about these numbers that Sam would make uh, make you blush if you were a sensitive sort, but it had huge amounts of money. And what I started thinking about it was if this had been my first rodeo, as it were. And speaking of rodeo, I think it's this weekend in Auburn, I believe. It is. It's a completely different rodeo. Folks. Completely different rodeo. <laughs> but thinking about, I mean, if this had been my first rodeo, if I hadn't already gone through this with my daughter a couple years ago, I would have been absolutely shell-shocked, gobsmacked, bamboozled, kind of scared. Hoodwinked. About, hoodwinked, about how I was going to pay for all of this. Now, Sam, you recently graduated from college, and your parents probably had a lot of wonders about how they were going to pay for it for you. However, I've got to tell you this. What I found interesting about last week was quite simple, was unlike even a couple years ago when we were traveling schools or looking at schools for my daughter, last week, and all these are pretty decent schools, they all led with the sticker price, and then almost in the next breath, they started talking about how much they discounted it. So within two short years, started going from, here's our sticker price, take it and leave it, buddy, but to all of a sudden, here's our sticker price. But hey, while we're at it. A little more like a car sale. Well, I mean, it's almost not even like a car sale. I mean, there's almost no haggling here. They started talking about how much they're discounting things. So I'm beginning to wonder, you know, one of these, uh, you know, we've wondered for years just how much longer college tuition costs can continue to go through the roof, and they seemingly did with no end in sight. To all of a sudden, I'm going, huh, I wonder if we're maybe at an inflection point. Maybe we've gotten to the top of the hill and started to go down. What do you think about that, Sam? You know, I'm not sure, we, I'm not sure we're there yet. You're I not think, sure I we're th- there I yet? I think we might be climbing a little bit more. I mean, we're reaching, mm-hmm. you know— it's one of the hot topics in politics to talk about the absorbent cost of college now and student loans and all of that. But, you know, I think it'll take a little bit more time before we really start to reach an inflection point. Well, you know, you know, I mean, it's we always are able to see inflection points when they're in the, in the rear right, view mirror. Sure. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Sam, over the next couple of years, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but over the next several years, that we start to see that this might be an inflection point. Of course, we'll have to be five years out before we realized that we had the inflection point two right. years from now. I hope I'm making sense on that, because some things I, uh, I'm beginning to see kind of uh, make you scratch your head a little bit. You're starting to see some pretty interesting ways to pay for college, you know, what they're doing at Purdue. Yeah, I mean, give me income one. sharing agreement. Yeah, I mean, for those people that don't know that much about income sharing, and Sam, don't look scared, I'm going to ask you to explain that in just a few short words. Just sharing a percentage of your yearly mm-hmm. income, 
to pay to get into school. That's right. So, I mean, if you have, say, $50,000 in student loan debt, if you come out and you make $500,000 a year, it's going to be easier to pay that off. Yeah, I think it'd be easy to pay a lot of things off if you're making five hundred. dollars But if you come out making $30,000 a year and you're paying 5% of your income, it's going to take a long period of time. But I guess the schools assume that your income will increase as you get older. Sure. So if you're paying 4% or whatever number it is, the more you make, the faster you pay it off. Right. And so a lot of parents out there with their first kids coming through are starting to see some of these newfangled ways of paying for college and then also realizing that Gee whiz, schools are discounting these a lot. And and actually coming back from South Carolina last week and taking a look at all the numbers that, that they gave me, and all of a sudden I'm going, why are they leading with these discounts? And it, it might, I might be reading too much into it. I started doing a little bit of math. And some of the math, and same, same, this, is, this is where it might sound crazy, suggests that maybe enrollment at U.S. universities and college, colleges and universities, might be peaking right about right now. I think that could be a fair point. I don't know the numbers behind it, but it does seem anecdotally that, you know, trade schools and um, more specialized educations are becoming more mainstream now than they had been in the past 10, 20 years. Yeah. You know, for a while, um, college kind of seemed like the only choice for most people, where now you see people pioneering and people really um, pushing these specialized degrees and things that you don't necessarily need to go to college for. Mm -hmm. So I could see that. Well, I mean, what I'm seeing, the little amount of research that I did was actually after years of just enormous increase, annual increase, we're beginning to see the slope of the growth rate of that curve for international students, Sam, actually start to flatten out. And for some uh, countries, it's actually going negative. For instance, South Korea is sending increasingly fewer new students to the United States each year. India is sending fewer new students to the United States each year. It's not, it's, it, we're starting to see that happen. So what had been a huge number of people coming in through the system, coupled with domestic students, helped to fuel all this growth in universities. I've got to tell you, some of the facilities at these schools are absolutely fantastic. As schools were competing and competing and competing with all these students coming in through the system, now all of a sudden they've got these wonderful facilities, and it does appear as though maybe... Maybe the growth rate in applications has started to slow. So what do you do in order to fill up all these classrooms that you spent all this money on? Hey, you got to cut prices. you got to cut prices. They're competing with each other now more so than That's beforehand. Right. It wasn't as much of a competition as is we'll take who we get and yeah. that's it. And it seems, again, from the data that I have read, that a lot of the schools that are feeling this pinch are actually those medium to smallish size sort of bachelor's colleges. Sure. As opposed to the big research universities. Yeah. Research universities, I mean, those large state schools are always going to get their people. I don't think they're really as concerned with, you know, competition mm -hmm. as much yet. They're filling up their classes as big as they can or as big as they want to for the most part. But, yeah, those smaller, those midsize, maybe some D2 schools, if you want to put it into sports terms a little more. Um, are the ones that are really starting to compete a little more with each other. Well, and which, which leads me to believe if we're starting to see, or leads me to question, if we're starting to see all this type of competition at colleges and universities, we're starting to see all, you mean, I mean, all of a sudden this, this increase or decrease in the number of enrollments, at least the growth rate slowing, is the market telling us that perhaps the value of a college education, Sam, 
might not be as great as it was, or the perception of the value of a college education is not as great as it was even a couple years ago. I think that's hard to argue with. I think the argument is whether it's actually worth less or the perception of it is worth less. Well, there you have it. Well, you were not. I guess perception is reality for something like this. Say that's kind of, kind of philosophical, I think. So let, let me let me ask you this one: You're a recent graduate, not too long ago, uh, far more recent than I than I was. Just a Believe couple me. years. Just a couple years. You always say that. Just a couple years. Uh, and you were an econ major, so you remember, you know, so supply demand curves, all that stuff. What does a standard econ 101 or, or what have you supply demand curve graph tell you that when the supply of anything goes up faster than the demand for it, what happens to the price? Price is going to go down. That's right. So we have seen a massive increase in the supply of college graduates over the last 10, 20 years. Is that a fair statement? Definitely. Has the economic has the economy's demand for them? been as great as the increase in supply? I'd say it's probably, we're getting to a point where it's becoming a little flat, would you say? Well, that's... I mean, it's definitely not growing at the same rate that the supply is. Yeah, so, I mean, so it's kind of one of those things that we're sitting there taking a look at, and this, people tend to vote with their money, their feet and their money. So if all of a sudden enrollment is slacking off, and prices, I mean, prices at schools, and they're starting to discount a lot more, it would suggest that maybe the economy is telling a higher education system that perhaps the demand for all these college graduates might not be there, at least not to the degree that it was. So do you think all these, I see all these charts of the cost of getting a degree, you know, really anything, the cost of tuition, books, whatever it may be, all of those seem to be increasing way more than any other sector of the economy. Do you see that kind of like we said earlier, an inflection point now. Well, and that's I mean, and that's where I brought up all the discount. You know, a couple of years ago, you've you've met my daughter. Uh, when we were doing this for the first time, I was thinking to myself, "My Lord, whoo, my, this is going to be pretty expensive stuff." Now she was a pretty good student, but I wasn't anticipating a lot of merit scholarships coming around. We we're taking a look at sticker prices of various schools and what have you, and then all of a sudden, school started throwing money at her. And we're throwing out a decent GPA, decent ACT, but back in my day. And my day was quite some time ago, Sam. Just a few years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if I truly even had a day, if you catch my drift. But back in my day, there weren't a lot of merit scholarships to go around at all. It just was what it was. This was a sticker price. And then all of a sudden, fast forward to my daughter going to getting ready to go to college, and all of a sudden, the sticker prices have gone gone up much, much faster than the rate of inflation. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, there's no sector of the economy. No, there's abs- no line you can draw that's – I mean, it's completely separated itself from every oh, other – Without a doubt. So not even close. But then all of a sudden, we're starting to see all these discounts come out. So I was here, I'm here to tell you what I am, what I'm ending up paying for Annie to my daughter to go to college. You know, even when adjusted for inflation, it's you know more than the CPI over the last 30 years. Yeah. But it's not the quintuple or whatnot, sure. whatever the headline numbers were. So if you think about it, my last year at Wake was I think $8,750. So for people that or the thing about sending their kids to Wake now, it's now now over sixty thousand, what have you. I don't know if Wake discounts or anything like that, but let's just say, you know, ten thousand to sixty thousand. Then that's a pretty huge leap, yeah. right? Uh, now what if it's all of a sudden it's ten thousand to thirty thousand, like it is at maybe a lot of the schools that at least we're now looking with for my second job. Yeah. 
So that's not quite the massive number. That's not quite the head. That's probably fitting in with inflation a little bit more than. It's, it certainly, I mean, it's obviously fitting in better, yeah, but yeah. Um, it's fitting in better. Listen, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to be cavalier. It's not fun cutting that check. I'm not going to tell you it is. However, we're starting to see schools advertise this a lot more. Every campus I went to advertised it, and these aren't bad schools. No, not at all. They were advertising it. Didn't see this two or three years ago with Annie. Did not see it. They're starting to advertise this. Now, what happens if this trend line with international students and domestic students starts to turn over? And we're starting to see this inflection point, but we won't see it in the rearview mirror. What if we start to see it that college tuition rates actually go down? Um, that's hard. That's going to be hard to believe. Okay, let's make a book on this. You want to make a book on this? I'll, I'll take that bet. You're going to take the book? Okay, I'm going to say in five years. When adjusted for inflation. A basket of tuitions. basket of tuitions. And we'll create it. Maybe we'll create a little inflation gauge here at Oakworth Capital sure. Bank. Call it the college tuition inflation gauge. Fair enough? A little better than the Big Mac index. A little bit better than the Big Mac index. And this is what we'll do. We'll do this. We'll throw a number of different schools in there, get their stated rate of inflation, and then we'll also get what the average student pays. And we'll calculate what true higher education uh, inflation is. And I'm going to tell you right now that I think that number is going to be less than the official CPI. I think it'll be more. Okay. Uh, what's about? I don't know. All right. How about I give the joke around here is a steak dinner. I think I owe our coworker Adam 15 steak dinners. So that's a, that's an empty bet. Um, I'll take a steak dinner. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to buy you a steak dinner. <laughs> tell you what. Make a big deal out of it here at Oakworth Capital Bank. We'll even make a vlog, I think, that day. We'll, uh, I'll buy you a six-pack of your favorite beer, and you get to hit me in the face with a pot. That sounds wonderful. Or vice versa. All right, so there you have it. We need to have someone take notes. Five years, there it is. The rate of higher education tuition will be less than the official rate of inflation. So I guess we're trading perspectives here. We are bit. trading perspectives here today. And unfortunately, it comes way too late for me. And way too late for you. So that's the bad news for us. So the good news is I truly do believe that we will start to see less and less inflation. Well, I'm sure a lot of people would be happy to hear your opinion more so than mine on this. <laughs> I guess so. I just like having an opinion that people want to hear. But also on top of that, on top of international students kind of slowing down, then we start getting back into live births in the United States. And that's where it starts to see there's going to be some real pressure. There's going to be some real ceiling on applications. One, live births in the United States. You go through peaks and troughs with this stuff. Sure. And we're, we're getting ready to get sort of near near an inflection point there. But then also like countries like South Korea sending over few, fewer students. Ultimately, China will send over fewer students, what have you. As these countries become more advanced and wealthier, their own education systems will increase in terms of complexity and, and, and value, I guess. So they will be less inclined to send students over here. So I think we're probably seeing truly an inflection point in international students, just as the emerging markets become better educated. Sure. Their own. More universities there, the less of a need to come over here. Well, that's a better way of putting it, I yeah. think, without a doubt. So there you have it. That's so what we'll I'm see. thinking. No, I agree with you on that. I think we might be reaching a point where that growth rate of international students is decreasing. But So, so let me go back to your company. Remember, we've already made the bet. No, I'm sticking to it. You're sticking to the bet. I still think it Go back to your Econ 101 class, supply and demand. 
So if the it's not so, a natural market, then well, hold on a second. Don't be clever now. Going, we're going, going to Econ 102 not a free so market. So if the supply of universities doesn't change, but the demand for those universities, as we're saying, might have reached an inflection point start going down. I don't know. Maybe so we now. could see some smaller universities closing shop. Maybe so. And maybe so. And then that will obviously be a future topic. I just don't see. I don't see universities waving the white flag of tuition and cutting costs. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think your big state universities. I don't think your Dukes. I don't think Northwestern. I don't think you know that level of school is going to be cutting their tuition anytime soon. So the um, big part of our bet is going to be agreeing on which schools that we're going to include in. Well, this of course, and, and since I'm your boss, I get to put the bet. I get to you so know. Duke, Stanford, and Harvard. <laughs> I'll pick three, you pick three. <laughs> no, actually, we're going to pick lesser schools than that. No, we will agree to a sort of a top a top tier, middle tier, third tier, that type of deal. We'll have maybe six or seven schools in there. I'll tell you what, and if you're listening to this, if you're hearing the sound of our voice here today, we will be able to see our what higher education yep. inflation basket out on our website underneath the thought leadership tab. What do you think about that, Sam? I like that idea. All right. So there we have it today. We actually are trading perspectives here about the future of college tuitions and even the value of a college education in the United States. I'm here to say that I think the cost will increase at a decreasing rate moving forward, less than the less than the consumer price index as a whole. My good friend Sam Clement thinks otherwise. Fair enough? We'll see. Okay, there you have it. Gang, thank you so much for listening. We love to hear from you all. So if you have any questions or comments, please let us know. You can always send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can leave us a review on the podcast outlet of your choice. If you're interested in hearing more of what we have to say or think, you can check out our blog, Common Sense, at oakworthcapital.com. As always, please be sure to share us, like us, whatever it is on your social media and particularly your LinkedIn site. Sam, what else do you have for today? That's all I have. War Eagle. (laughs) War Eagle. Y'all take care.